0: What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the NASCAR DFS podcast, but with a heavier touch of betting this week for a super speedway. If you've listened listened to this before, you know that that for speedways like Daytona, Talladega, they are generally shorter. We don't know the starting order. Uh, We know some drivers that we like for this style of racing. Matt and I were talking before the podcast, and we both agreed this is probably a better race to just straight up bet rather than for DFS, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of things at play here, right? It's a plate track, so that's one thing that's always crazy. It's Daytona. That's two things that's always crazy. It's the last race before the playoffs, and there's still a spot up for grabs, which means everybody's going to be going for it, because as long as you're finishing in the top 30 in points right now, you've got a shot at the playoffs still. You win this one, and you're top 30 in points, you get in the playoffs. It doesn't matter what the hell has happened to you the rest of the season. You make the playoffs. Uh, will you be starting pretty low on the totem pole? Yeah, but you're still in the playoffs, so you know that's good for you. Um, so all of that is going to make it nuts for DFS this weekend. Um, also, it's a Saturday night race. Let's get that cleared up right off the you know, right off the bat. It's a Saturday night race for Cup. Um, so don't come Sunday looking for, for plays or you will have missed the action. Um, Sunday's F1. I'll have a playbook for that, but that's in the morning.
0: Um, I'm actually very excited because for the first time in a while, just because of the playoff implications for the cup series, I, I'm not super invested in DFS this weekend. Um, I've said numerous times on these podcasts, I only do three Xfinity, one lineup for Cup. Uh, and then if I can, I want to get exposure to the betting market for this race. Now, uh, the books have already opened and some lines have already adjusted, but we'll still get to ones that we still kind of like. But I'm more invested just in how this playoff picture for the Cup series can shake up because there's only like for Ryan Blaney, he can win his way in or he could still point his way in. But if on I mean, the wild chance that somebody comes out of nowhere and, and steals the playoff spot from him. And there is a lot of drama. If you're unfamiliar with NASCAR, it's it's the final race of the regular season. The playoffs start over Labor Day weekend uh, in Darlington, and they run through November. So if you're if you're jumping on for NASCAR DFS at this point in the season, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but welcome aboard. Um, but I, I I'm really not thrilled about DFS this weekend. There's too much variance you really have to like max enter GPPs and hope you somehow hit a lineup with six drivers in the top 10, which can be down because salary and prices, they don't really matter for super speedways, but I've made it clear in the past. I don't like these races. I'm, I'm going to play one lineup for each race because I want the Ironman credit uh, on DraftKings, but overall I just want to, I just want to watch some plate racing.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of with you. Um, on that. I'm going to play a lot less than I normally do. These are typically light weekends for me. Um, simply because there's no reason to expose your bankroll uh, to a race where literally anybody can win. I mean, it was this time it's of year. Your, this re- NFL. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing is we've got, <laughs> you know, NFL starting no uh, September 8th. Right? Um so <clears throat> contests are going to be a little smaller buckle up for that across the board i know we've been talking about it in cups and or trucks and xfinity for a while now but it's going to happen to cup here too
0: going to hit cup
1: um, also f1 is starting back up so that's going to take some money away from nascar because it's the new hip thing right um so we've got that we've also got a massive boatload of variants um and so I'm kind of with you. It's a lighter DFS week. That doesn't mean we're going to go drop all of our bankroll into betting. Like, let's be smart about the betting. But these are races where you can make very nice returns because long shots do tend to hit. I mean, last year, Daytona 500. Bet Michael McDowell (laughs) win it at plus, at 66 to one. Now, thanks to Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano wrecking each other out that hit. However, he was in position for a top five. Um, even without that wreck. So long shots can hit here. Um, We've seen guys like Justin Haley going off at like (laughs) 75-1, to pull off a win because Kurt Busch and his pit crew were pretty stupid with pit strategy. So there is that. There are interesting bets to be made. We will touch on those. Um, I guess we could just dive right
0: in. Uh, I guess I'll just touch on – Xfinity, real quick. I'll still have a playbook. Uh, Third, late Thursday night, early Friday morning. The playbook is going to be up prior to practicing. Or actually, there are there is no practice this week. The playbook will be up prior to qualifying. Um, you know, if you've been in the Discord, you know the one bet that I placed uh, for the Xfinity race. I'm only doing one lineup for Xfinity. I will have a player pool in place. Just, just guys that i know have had success on super speedways but even they're not safe no one's uh exempt from the big one but the xfinity will have updates uh i I guess following qualifying the problem is that i'm not going to be home before the the race starts so from like 6 30 to 7 30 i'm probably not going to be in the discord um but yeah, I mean, just just be smart. You you guys are smart. You know the strategies. If there's a guy in the playbook that I list, but he's, and I say he's 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 worth a shot in a GPP, but then he's starting too high and he's historically a driver we don't trust. Then you obviously you fade him. Uh, uh, and a control goes into this. And if you don't, I'll include some thoughts on that process in the playbook. But that's just my stance on the Xfinity race. If you missed out on Justin Haley, 20 to one on DK Sportsbook, I feel bad for you. Yeah. That line Back moved, go. That line <laughs> moved
1: in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, Cause everybody hammered it. Like
0: <laughs> I was on, he a, went from 20 a, to one to the race favorite at eight to one.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the dudes won a ton of, a ton of plate races at that level. Um, so yeah, if you missed out on that one, that's a shame for you, for sure, because he's uh, you're not going to find him at that level anymore. Um, on the cup side, we'll talk mostly lineup construction thoughts in this podcast. I mean, basically anybody's in play this week. Yes, there'll be a playbook that'll highlight the guys <clears throat> that typically do well at these um, kind of tracks and the guys that have an outside shot at the playoffs, if they can, you know, string a good finish together. Um, But basically anybody is in play this week, we're going to touch on how much money you should probably be leaving on the table. Hint, it's a lot. Um, And kind of how builds generally come together for these races is mostly what's going to be the podcast plus some, some nice bets. So I guess I'll touch on um, looking at the, Optimal lineups from the last four plate races this year. Uh, And this is thanks to race sheets on Twitter. uh, Put this together a couple of days ago. And looked at uh, Daytona 500, first Talladega race, and the two Atlanta races, which now count as plate races. Um, And basically showed that out of the 24 drivers in those optimal lineups, because it's for DraftKings, so there's six guys in the optimal lineup per race for races, 24 guys. Um, Six out of 24 of those started in the top 10 starting spots. Seven out of 24 started between 11th and 19th and 11 out of 24 started between 20th and 40th. So if you want to just act the back, which is usually what people like to do here, you'll have an okay cash day, but that's not how you're winning money. In GPP, you still have to be sly about how you put your lineups together. We're not chasing laps led dominators because it's just not going to happen here. Doesn't make a lot of sense at plate tracks to do that. You just need six guys to finish as high as they possibly can. Um, and, you know, if they all happen to start in the 30s, OK, but that's generally not how it's played out in the last several races of this style. Um, usually you want, like, one guy from the top 10, one or two from 11 through 20, and then the rest. You basically want from 20th to, like, 30th um, is is generally the way we're approaching builds this week.
0: Yeah, you kind of just hit it on that. Did you discuss track breakdown a little bit, or...?
1: um i mean you know it's daytona so it's a two and a half mile track it's very very steeply banked the banking is over 30 degrees um we will see it basically a plate package now the plate isn't physically on the engine anymore but it is a reduced you know everybody's basically got the same horsepower um everybody's got gigantic spoilers to provide the correct amount of drag And so you will see cars basically going the same speed um, and riding together in a pack. And so if somebody sneezes, you can take out, like, 20 dudes. Um, Now, will we see single-file racing for a good chunk? Probably. I would say that most of Stage 2 will probably be single-file if I had to put my finger on it. I think it'll be pack racing in Stage 1. I think it'll be single-file in Stage 2. Uh, the beginning of stage three probably shuffles out to um, single file with some key guys making some moves to try to get a little bit of better track position. But like the last 25 laps of this race are going to be pure chaos. So that's kind of my read on the race this week.
0: Perfect. I loved it. It was spot on. You're going to crush it this week. Um <laughs> I don't know. I guess we can just. I don't want to dive into the player pool like we normally do because we normally stop at the top and then work our way down. Is relevant. You can leave thousands of dollars on the table on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, Do we just want to touch on the noted plate racers? Like, you know, I guess like a quick preview is that, you know, Team Penske, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Austin Sindrick. Historically, a very good plate racing team, especially Ryan Blaney. Austin Cedric won the Daytona 500 this year. Yep. Cindric's um, also priced down to 8500, which is more than reasonable. But again, I will say that Logano tends
1: to be really better work. at Talladega than Daytona for whatever reason.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, Ryan Blaney needs <clears throat> a win to join his other two teammates in the playoffs. He's also coming off of a contract extension, which also, by the way, Joey Logano got. Today, for those that did not see the news, uh, he got a multi-year
0: extension with Team Penske. They are very hush-hush about the length of their extensions, though. They yes, didn't, it, they
1: didn't say it for Blaney, and they didn't say it for Logano. So it's, no. they just said multi-years, and they'll be there for a while. So,
0: uh. And you have to imagine that Cindric is going to be there for a while, too. So it's like, this is Team Penske for a long-ass time.
1: Well, like, it's a rookie deal for him, right? Like, I think it's probably starting with a couple of years. Also... Austin Cinder's dad.
0: think about where his dad is with that team.
1: The head of, like, competition for all of Penske. So he's not going to be – like, he'll be there for – He's not going
0: anywhere.
1: Yeah. Um, So, yes, those guys are usually pretty good. Uh, Former Penske guy, Brad Keselowski, is usually very good at plate racing. He was very good at Daytona earlier this year, even though we all thought – The uh, number six car was going to suck. He still drove it up there and was competing.
0: He's 9-1 to for top four.
1: I take it because you know what? The dude needs a win to make the playoffs. Yeah. And this is his kind of race to do that. Um, He's been known to make very crazy moves. If I recall correctly, did he or did he not win a duel at Daytona earlier this year?
0: He and Chris Buescher won a duel. They're right. one of the teammates. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the teammates won the yes. So Buescher also. Yes, he's sticking with it. Um, he's still going with. Yeah, mainly because he's having fun, and also because his mom likes it. So it's yeah. always a good reason to do something because your mom <laughs> likes it. Um. So thanks for Dale Jr. Uh, for for making that <laughs> happen by calling him Christopher on the on the broadcast there a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, that guy's really good. He's been coming on really strong of late, and he's, again, like, he basically, in one of more recent um, ones, he finished second before getting DQ'd, if I'm not mistaken. Then he finished, he crossed the line second, and then he got DQ'd for, like, the double yellow line rule that was a bogus Ruling, I think it might have been talented.
0: Yeah, like Chase
1: Elliott and he did the same thing, and they gave Chase Elliott his spot and then took Chris Busher's spot away because they, I don't know, it's very weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, transition, I guess, to Chevy and Hendricks, gonna lead the way. William Byron has won two of the last 10 plate races if you toss Atlanta in there. Um, so he's kind of a sneaky guy um, to focus on. He won this race last year, He needed to, to punch his ticket to the playoff. Um, and Chase Elliott is the only guy with uh, an an average finish position this year in the four plate races in the single digits. Oh. He's the only Damn. driver in that... all of the field to have an average finish position at <laughs> four plate races this
0: year in the single digits. Yeah, and he did win Atlanta, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, so that's that's pretty impressive. He's also kind of trying to get a win back, I guess. <laughs> However you want to talk about it. With I don't
0: get why he's trying to have a win. He's trying to get a win back when he got a free one given to him at Pocono. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's that. Also, by the way, if he had picked the inside on that restart, Last week, he wouldn't have had the problem he had by picking the outside and giving his teammate the chance to pull that move in the first place. Um, Nor do I understand why Hendrick is so pissed that Chase lost his fifth win of the season on the same day he locked up the regular season championship um, Hmm. when Larson got his second win and thus gives Hendrick overall more playoff points spread across their whole four-team team a uh, four-car team so that they get stronger going into the playoffs rather than having one dude carry all of the the weight. I don't, don't fully understand that. Um, but I digress a little bit. So, I, um, I don't know. Those are kind of the guys that always pop off the page to me at plate tracks. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is always kind of a factor. Bubba Wallace is very good at plate racing.
0: Very good. I was going to ask you, like, is – Like, are there any Toyotas that we should consider now? Bubba, there are two that stand out. And it's like Bubba, because he's a very good plate racer uh, historically. He almost won the Daytona 500 this past spring. Uh, Marge, we don't think of him necessarily as a plate racer. You have to imagine he's going to want to be a driver that's probably going to – and Toyota traditionally does this at plate races. They will drop to the rear and just do laps just to make sure that they're all there in the final stage. I can easily see Truex dropping to the rear because this guy absolutely needs a win, or he needs Ryan Blaney to have the worst day ever. Yeah, he's going to
1: outpoint Blaney by, like, 26 points.
0: Yeah, so Truex really needs a win. So he's not going to be a guy that's going to – I would be stunned if Truex was trying to run up front today, which – Could work out in his favor because if he's running up front, then he can't wreck in the middle of the field. But at the same time, I just feel like he'd want to play it safe, drop to the rear, and then gain track position in stage three, whether it's through pitch strategy, what have you. Um, But I feel like betting top Toyota this week, on DK Sportsbook at least, it's it's not all that appealing. Um, There are six drivers in the field in Toyotas. They're all 6.5 to 1 or better. The outlier is Ty Gibbs, who is 11 to 1 and – I don't. A, I don't like. The, a yeah.
1: I'm super not Speedway. A Ty no
0: Gibbs. There's no. There's no point in betting Ty Gibbs eleven to one as top Toyota. Um, there's really nobody in this in this six driver pool that screams immense value as top driver of the this brand.
1: No, I mean. <clears throat> if I had a least you have I mean, to
0: consider Denny Hamlin.
1: Yeah, I mean, he won three Daytona 500s. Yeah. He drops to back all the time and is always a factor late in races. Um, and, and by he's the
0: plus way seventy five percent of these six drivers.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's the favorite Toyota to finish as the top Toyota. Um ahead of the guy he pays to drive, which is Bubba at plus three fifty. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I'm kind of with you. There's not a lot of... There, I'm just not liking the value there for the top. A, it's only six of them, right? So it shouldn't be all that So hard, here's what I think would happen with DK Sportsbook.
0: I think DK realized that they, were, they had a massive error with Indy Road Course because with Indy Road Course, there were only seven Toyotas, and two of them went off at 101 or better to just finish top Toyota. And when Bubba hit, they realized okay, we can't have a 100 to 1 bet in good equipment to just beat six other guys. So I don't right. think we will ever see super long odds to finish as top Toyota ever again.
1: I would agree, but I do think the Chevy ones. It's kind oh of the Chevy and Ford bets, there are some interesting ones. Well, right, but like if you look at Landon Castle, not saying we should bet this, but Landon Castle's going off at two fifty to one right now for top I Chevy. Bet. I would bet that. The next closest guy is Graxon at eighty to one. So like wh- Really? Like Landon Castle's finished like top fifteen in the last several uh plate tracks.
0: Enough like- chaos
1: and it can happen. Yeah, like I mean anything can happen at
0: these races.
1: Like literally we have I seen mean, everything happen.
0: Ty Dillon was sixty five to one for Top Chevy. Uh that got bet down to forty to one. I still like Corey LeJoy and Noah Gragson as top Chevy. I'll I might throw a couple of bucks at Landing Castle if he's going off at two fifty to one. He's going off at two fifty to one. Yeah. It just just, just And this is the kind of race where a big wreck can easily change that. And it could put it in play. Is he in
1: the 77 this week?
0: Uh, He might be. I haven't looked at the entry list.
1: Or is he in the... I don't think he's in the 78. BJ McLeod usually loves these races. Um, Yeah, Landon Castle's in the 77 for Spire. But, like, Landon Castle on plate tracks has been pretty solid um for the
0: last for the last few. I mean he was the guy GFR, who was absolutely overwhelmed significantly uh for Daytona earlier this year. And he was a good value player.
1: Yeah. He de- he var- he ran very well at Daytona earlier this year. Um now, are we gonna unload like a thousand dollars on Landing Castle to go finish with no.
0: Yeah, that's but probably like, like a couple 0. bucks. Units, yeah.
1: Like a couple. If you bet like two bucks and it happens, you turn two bucks into five hundred.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Not a bad day. Um, Justin Haley going off at twenty. If you bucks. bet ten, I mean, sure. But if you bet a thousand, it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But we just hope <laughs> not like, you know. Um, Justin Haley going off at twenty-five to one for Top Chevy is very interesting. <clears throat> Um Would you rather have Haley at 25 to 1 as
0: Top Chevy or Eric Jones at 18 to 1 as Top Chevy? I would probably have Haley. Like if if I'm endorsing Haley as 20 to 1 winner, I'd probably endorse 25 on Top Chevy for the Cup series because that's there's an easier path to victory for that. <clears throat> True. But really the ones that stand out to me in this range are probably Haley, LaJoy, Gregson, Castle—just as pure values.
1: Yeah, LaJoy is fifty still... to one. The guy almost won at Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, he almost won at Atlanta until what Chase blocked him, um, which he should have. I mean, I'm, that's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad move. Um, but anything can happen, and he personally like he says on stacking on on stacking dent, uh, pennies all the time. That they circle the plate
0: tracks as that team shot to get wins because win. it's an even playing field. Here are Lejoy's results at the last handful of races. Uh, finished 14th at the Daytona 500. Oh, sh- nope, that was Daytona 500. Uh, 16th last year in this race. Now, granted, he did um but he finished. Ninth at the 2021 Daytona 500 uh, two years ago in this race. 21st. Uh, but he's also finished eighth at the 2020 Daytona 500. Uh, sixth at the race that Justin Haley won that was shortened in 2019. Uh, another top 20 at the 2019. So it's like a little bit of win equity as, yeah. as is the case with the super speedway. But he does has have these standout performances where he can get a top 10, a top 15. And it, this could hit
1: at 51. It could. It could very well hit, because you keep in mind, like, what tends to happen here, right, is that manufacturers pit together. So they get caught up in chaos. <clears throat> they tend to wreck out together, too, if it happens early enough in the pit cycle. So you could see guys just get, you know, the, the Chevy field or the Ford field get completely obliterated and then your long shot bet which you didn't think would hit hits. I mean hell Michael McDowell at fourteen to one is top forward. He is attractive. The guy just finishes races at these
0: plate tracks. I mean as I don't not know Europe if I like as long- it as much as ugh. I almost I I prefer some of the longer ones. Like I think I might go Cole Custer at twenty-eight to one, which I know sounds wild. Or I'd rather go McDowell's teammate Todd Gilliland at sixty to one, or Harrison Burnett at sixty to one. I
1: mean, okay. So now we're talking about: Do you want to balance payoff versus actual chance of hitting? Right. <laughs> Obviously, the guys with the with the shorter odds have the better chance of hitting, which is why they're there. But I think Michael McDowell is a pretty intriguing guy for ADFS and for betting because he just has a very good history at these tracks and he completes a lot of laps. And what does that mean here? It means he's on the track late in races and that's how you get in position to win and you get in position for top fives and you get in position for top tens and you get in position for top manufacturer. Um, You know, uh, look, Everybody else in front of him, aside from Chris Buescher, I can say has a pretty shaky history at at these tracks. I mean, Logano at Daytona specifically, not great. Ryan Blaney has won a plate race. Okay, sure. But he hasn't had the luck on his side in a while. Yes, Austin Sindrick won the Daytona 500. But, like... I don't know. Is it beginner's
0: luck? Is it that he. Well, it's a super speed race, so there's there's naturally a little bit of luck into it.
1: Well, right. But like he also <clears> pinched <throat> off Ryan Blaney to win that race because Blaney was coming hard. Um, so I don't know. Yuri's like, I feel like, like several of these guys have been as likely to wreck out as they have been to finish up front, and that's not the case for McDowell. So that's why McDowell intrigues me because I think it actually has a pretty good shot to hit,
0: and it still has a pretty nice payoff. Yeah, I think that's going to be the one that we might disagree on. Um, as far as top tens, not a ton of long odds. However, uh, Corey Lejoy is four to one. Ty Dillon is four to one. Um, Harrison Burton's five to one. Todd Gillen is six to one. Is there- even want to venture into top 10 betting for this race or would you just rather bet manufacturers and winners
1: i'd rather bet manufacturers and i don't know do they have any like interesting weekly specials there's not usually very good odds
0: i typically don't look at the weekly specials i peaked at drivers to win pole position um man i feel like if i was just going to give out suggestions for this i would tell you to follow ryan stevens on twitter I would go with Byron, or Bowman, to land on Bolt. yeah, I could see that.
1: I mean, okay. just started the front row in like five straight Daytona 500s, and at ten to one for Bowman,
0: that's that's pretty <clears> impressive. Yeah, just just to go out and run the fastest lap on the track by himself. Yeah, I could see it. I mean. Like, average starting spot
1: over the last 10 plate races, including the two Atlanta races this year, Bowman is has the fourth-best average starting spot at 9.2, and the best one is Larson at yeah. 7.6. So, he's not exactly far off, right? There's not a whole lot of...
0: um. So, in 2021, then William Byron, Byron is- started... Six, Byron started on the front row in for both Daytona races in 2020 round, 2021. Yeah. He's also started
1: second, fourth, second. Like he like That's the a good guys show up quick at plate races. Like they, yeah. they for single lap speed, they can light the world on fire in these races. Um yeah, I don't I don't know why they're ten to one and twelve to one respectively between Bowman and Byron. But that's very uh, Bubba's eight to one. That's very interesting. I'm
0: Maybe not taking Bubba
1: eight to one. I'm not I'm not taking him eight to one. I'm just saying it's interesting he's that high. <clears throat> he's, right, he's tied with Larson Elliott. Like Larson Elliott and Bubba are all eight to one to win pole. Oh. Or do you go out and say Denny Hamlin? Eleven to one. I'm not sure those
0: are long enough for me. I think my favorite might be William Byron. At twelve to one.
1: Yeah, I'm not seeing anybody else like like lights that I don't know. <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, I'm not going a long shot. Chris probably. Busher's kind of interesting at 35 to one. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate him or McDowell. McBusher's 35 to one. McDowell's 40 to one to win the poll.
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily. Just
0: given what we saw from the duels at Daytona back in February, um, yeah, which put him fourth. Brad Keselowski in- is is always hyping Chris Busher up, and yes, like Busher is a good driver. This year gotten better. I mean, he's going to go out. And he's going to run a, a a lap by himself. All these drivers are, and you know, I can see that car showing up fast for Saturday's race and and cl- clinching the pole. So I like probably Byron, Busher, McDowell personally.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on those. I'm with you on those. Um, who was on the pole for day two? Hona earlier this year, the chase. Was it uh Kozlowski? No, that they won the duels. I'm sorry. Right, so they started third and fourth. Um, Larson. I like think it was Larson. I mean Larson and what is it? Yeah, Larson on the pole. Out of the last eight plate races that Larson uh, had. Larson
0: and Bowman on the front row.
1: Larson has started, in the last six plate races, Larson has started first, fifth,
0: first, 21st, fifth, and third. So, I don't know. I yeah, would they're still they're...
1: say that Bowman is about as likely, and he's got better return <clears throat> as is Bowman, or uh, Byron. So I would take I would Byron. Go Byron the best return. I would go Byron. Bushard thirty-five to one is very interesting. That's that's very intriguing. Um, and in overall of, good. Uh, I, in terms of winner bets, like you're not gonna find like the favorite this week is Chase Elliott at ten to one. That's it's pretty typical at a plate race. Um, then you find a bunch of drivers all about the same um uh, odds like there's four or five guys at 13 to one um there's like three dudes at 12 to one
0: pretty interesting
1: though to me that like they divvy it between 12 to one and 13 to one like Mm -hmm. what is it really making that percentage difference chance of winning i don't know it's Byron actually has longer odds to win than he does to land on the pole.
0: Given what we know about the playoff picture, does that impact how likely you are to bet on winner straight up for the Cup race? Because for me, it was easy to bet winner for the Xfinity race because the Xfinity regular season still has like 3 or 4 races to go. So this isn't this isn't like the final drivers to qualify for the playoffs in that race this is really the last shot so it's like we are expecting chaos for guys fighting for for the win at the very end we're gonna see multiple wrecks we're gonna see a lot of bets blow up in our face does that impact how you approach betting this race and do you maybe just chase the longer odds like maybe you go for chris busher mcdowell Brad Kislowski as a hail mary as this 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 is their one chance to qualify for the championship sixteen. Lay off Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Blaney.
1: Yeah, here I definitely tend to favor the longer odds and kind of bet like a, like more of them than I normally would. Right, like if I'm normally betting, I'm going three or four guys to win. Right, and a couple of them are going to be favorites co-favorites kind of short odds right one of them was going to be a middling odd kind of guy and one of them will be a long shot that i just think is a missed just a missed shot there by the sport book but this weekend i'm probably going to spread the money around a little bit more and put smaller amounts on more longer shot guys simply because there's chaos at this race simply because it's the last race before the playoffs. And also, I think there's there, there's just missed lines out there. Like, I don't understand why Eric Jones, Chris Buescher, and Michael McDowell are all worse odds than Eric Almirola and Chase Briscoe. Like... I don't understand that. I don't understand why Justin Haley is longer odds than, like, significantly longer odds than Almirola or Briscoe.
0: Well, I can probably explain that. I mean, Haley has a super speed win in the Cup Series, and he's historically a great plate racer in the Xfinity level. But his one win at the Cup Series came because he had the right strategy when they suspended the race, and then they just didn't restart it.
1: Well, I mean, okay, fair enough. But Justin Haley has run eight of the last ten plate races in the Cup Series. you want to take a guess as to what his average finish is in those eight races? Mm. That does not include his win, by the way.
0: uh, 14th?
1: Pretty close, 15.1.
0: Mm, not terrible. That's pretty good. With a couple of top 10s. Given what we know about these races, that's pretty good.
1: He's got a couple of top 10s, two other, three other finishes that are 11th, 11th, and 12th. So he's got five top 12 finishes in the last eight plate races. And keep in mind, that does not include his win at the 2019
0: Daytona um, July race. All right, so the win probably what bumps him up to 13th, roughly? Maybe. I'm not sure what
1: else he did in between. Like, I don't remember what else he did in between those. But this is basically, like, the last two years of Talladega and Daytona and then Atlanta this year. So, again, if we're going to compare that to, like, Chase Briscoe, Justin Haley has, in the same amount of races, Justin Haley's finishing position is better with more top 10s and more top 12 finishes in the same amount of races.
0: So, like. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to discuss? I know this is the Super Speedway podcasts are generally shorter and we're at about 38, 39 minutes right now. And this was more of a betting podcast than anything else. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch on uh, for this weekend? We only have two races. The trucks are off for God knows how much longer. Uh, <laughs> they only have five races left in the year, and they don't race for another two or three weeks. But is there anything else you wanted to touch on uh, for this weekend at Daytona? It's going to be awesome. Like, just from a pure racing perspective, it's going to be great. DFS-wise, I'm, I'm really just mailing it in just to get the Ironman credit
1: yeah i'm kind of with you right this is going to be a a weekend to kind of just put in a couple of. and i hate
0: saying that like i don't i i know we provide dfs coverage and and it's like i don't know like i feel bad saying like hey don't play at all like i'm i'm not playing at all i'm only playing so i can get a buttload of crowns in november but at the same time it's like we try to warn everybody like this is a, just a, it's exciting. the playoff ramifications for the cup are exciting. If you can bet this race, do it. it's better than DFS. um I know even some of our subscribers like they're just playing the 50 cent contest just to get to the the one dollar two dollar minimum and then they're just kind of like going late. like they're smart. you know they know they know like the randomness of this track. it's it's just it sucks for DFS in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's very fun to watch, but yes, it does suck for um, DFS. I would say, you know, oh, hey, your boys in the Cup Series this week there, Dan. Mr. Hamrick is racing in the 16 car. Yes, yeah, so I have minimal interest. There you go. <laughs> Finally got you off the uh, Daniel Hemrick train. Um, I will say this. I will say in addition to some of the strategy stuff we talked about earlier in the podcast, You know, read through the playbook. I'll have more strategy stuff there. I'll kind of break it down with the graphs and whatnot. The practice to qualifying table is not going to show up because there's no practice this week. And even if there was, it's useless because the only way to judge speed is if you're in the middle of the pack, and then that's a pretty terrible way to judge speed. Um, But what I will say is don't go more than 30% on any single driver in your builds. Even if it looks like it's a lock because, like, Denny Hamlin is starting in the back or um, Bubba is starting in the back or whatnot, even if it looks like a lock, don't go more than 30% on a guy this week because anything can happen in these races. Right? Anything. Anything. Like, Denny, in the middle of winning three out of four Daytona 500s, got wrecked out doing the exact same strategy that won him the other three races. Because you get caught up in the wrong place in the wrong time all the time at this track, and that's what happens. So if you want your lines to have a shot at lasting, don't go more than 30% on a guy. And by the way, don't freak out if like one of your dudes wrecks.
0: You can still cash. You can still cash.
1: Also, don't check the standings before the end of the race. (laughs) <laughs> Literally, I will bring this up every single time we talk about these, these tracks, but in the 2021 Daytona 500, I was winning jack Squad on FanDuel going into turn four on the last lap. That basically should tell you, yeah, you you don't have a shot at winning. What happened in turn four? Brad Kieslowski and Joey Logano wrecked each other out, and Michael McDowell wound up winning. You know what that did? That turned my $0 day into a $2,500 day on FanDuel in literally a half a mile of of super speedway. So, yeah, it's going to take until the checkered flag for you to... It's not like a normal intermediate where, hey, as long as this guy just finishes the race, this is basically what I'm getting, right? This is... Even when your guys finish, they're still going to be shifting because they could be wrecking across the line, to be perfectly
0: honest. (laughs) All right. Well, pretty thorough, more so betting breakdown than DFS. But as always, we will provide DFS coverage for this race. It's just... We don't know the starting order. There's no practice. It's a high-variance race, so be on the lookout for DFS coverage, and we'll be in the NASCAR DFS Discord this weekend. But, Matt, as always, best of luck to you this weekend, and best of luck to the F.A. Nation. Best of luck, F.A. Nation.